We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Welcome, everybody, to the RG Tourney Takes Football Podcast Week 1. This is a brand-new podcast that's going to evolve over the course of the season. Um, bear with us here from the start because we're, we're all kind of uh, feeling it out as we go here. But my name is Chris Kirkwood, uh, also known as Kirk Bees in the industry. I'm here with two of my main men, um, Brett Hartfield, Killer B. Killer B, what is it, 1-2-2 or – it's uh, it? Killer B2482, but uh, okay. yeah, it's like one of those things, once you put numbers behind it, like it's so tough to remember other people's IDs. So uh, that's one thing I wish I could just scrap now. All right. Well, anyway, we're here and we got uh, my man, JSU, uh, John Sarabian. Uh, how's it going, John? Uh, you know, doing pretty well. My favorite time of the year, football, first uh, game tonight. So it's it's starting up. I'm pretty excited, ready to roll. Yeah, it's going to be a fun week here, football. I'm still grinding out baseball, but I'm trying to trying to transition over, trying to get all my action plan laid out. So basically what we're going to look to accomplish here in this, this podcast, what we're going to go into today at least, is we're going to start talking about, you know, this week one here, this slate. We're going to talk about our overall process, you know, what, we're, what each of us kind of does to get ready for, for the football. We've got a lot of things to – you know, a lot of new things, a lot of new pieces of information, content overload everywhere, right? Um, we're also going to get into some GPP strategies because uh, 
three of us do play a lot of GPPs. And uh, then we'll take it into just kind of where we're looking, what, what players we're looking for, big, big slate overview, and uh, where we're most likely at this point in the week looking to attack. Because if you guys are like me, I'm constantly changing and by where I am right now is going to be a far away place than where I'm going to be on, on a Sunday. Most likely. Are you guys the same way in that, in that regard? Yeah. I mean, like, I feel like this, this year is unlike any other year where we're getting so much last second information coming in. Um, you know, we have Le- Lev Bell going to be sitting out week one. Now he looks like he's going to report on Saturday, but uh, you know, James Connor is going to just really, change the whole ownership game uh, with running backs. And then obviously the way all your lineup construction looks, uh, you know, so uh, there's just a lot. Of, and like, even I can't believe how many different uh, guys who aren't practicing or who are limited in practice that I'm just like, Oh, write this guy down. Like Xavier Rhodes uh, limited with a hamstring injury. Like, so now like I write down, you know, Marquise Goodwin's got a shot, you know, maybe beating somebody deep. Uh, so uh, just saw Joey Boza not practicing. So just a lot of, lot of news that's going to change the slate. Uh, even though it's week one, you expect everybody to be healthy. Yeah. Um, John, any thoughts there? Yeah. You know, the, like, uh, Brett was saying, you know, the, the injuries and, and just kind of keeping up on them, you know, just to start the season. And then on top of that, you got the Lev Bell situation, which is just, you know, I understand it he wants his money, but you know, just, just come back get your, you know, Saturday, make your 850K and, mm-hmm. you know, just get back to playing football. So it makes it a little, little better when I take Antonio Brown over Lev Bell at lower ownership every week, you know, but, you know, so that, that, that makes it just a little different ownership wise. And it, it doesn't just, you know, hurt the running backs. It, it's hurting the high price receivers because of the way people are going to line up build. So uh, we'll get into that, but. Yeah. So, um, what I've been doing personally is I've been spending um, some time kind of trying to get my process going, do a little bit more of a real process as opposed to just what I've gone through in the past season and trying to get a little bit more serious this season because I want to start heavy right from the get-go. We've got overlay all over the place, at least possible. You know, there wasn't as much as I thought there'd be tonight, but, you know, there's it's still something to, to monitor. Week one is going to be the best, the best, the most that we see. So we want to attack that. We always want to put ourselves in advantageous situations. So I'm looking at that. I'm also trying to like wonder, you know, basically there's so much content out there right now, right? Like, and we all, you, we, we've all, we've got projections. We've got them all at RG. We've got the content on RG. We've got, you know, all of us have our own favorite places that we probably look to and trust the most. But, you know, I'm trying to kind of focus in on how much, does that even really matter? We all know the plays. We all know where, you know, we're all looking at the same projections for the most part. Um, I'm trying to kind of figure out ways to build better lineups, you know, mm-hmm. so not more, more or less better plays because we all know the plays like they're there for us to find. It's how do I make these lineups better? So that's what I've been spending a lot of time um, going through for my process, but interested to hear what you guys have been focusing on at least right from the beginning. Yeah. So I kind of like, just look at, uh, you know, when we're looking at preseason stuff, just wanting to know, uh, preseason snaps, who's getting first team reps, you know? So like in situations where there's a a running back uh, committee, 
uh, just kind of being able to trust the preseason snaps and hopefully that carries over into week one. Also, knowing which wide receivers are going to be out there um, in two wide receiver, um, you know, formations. So I think that's where you can kind of get a leg up on uh, your competition is just understanding who's going to get the opportunity. Um, and that's, that's just by looking at preseason snaps. And there's plenty of guys out there um, that give out that information, um, different sites. So uh, that's, that's all I try to do bef- before week one is just be prepared to know who's going to get that opportunity. Um, so, yeah, what, what do you think about that, John? What do you got? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I do watch the preseason. You know, this year, as opposed to years past, I feel like it was it was crazy the amount of, you know, first-team players that weren't really playing that much. They weren't really getting as many reps as I thought mm-hmm. normally they give first-team players on, on most of the teams. Um, you know, obviously there were some teams like, you know, the Panthers who just – beat Christian McCaffrey into the ground in the preseason. And I have no idea why or the reason behind it. Um, but, you know, whatever. Besides that, uh, honestly, I, I thought that they just didn't give as many first-teamers reps. I don't know what it was. It was. Maybe it was health reasons, just trying to get everyone through and make sure they're healthy. But, you know, I, I still watch the season. I'm still with Brett. You still got to look at who's getting those first team reps and what they're running out there for, you know, all the sets, the two wide receiver, the three wide receiver, the backup, you know, you got to see who's coming right in for those players. Those are big deals um, just to have that information for later in the season. Cause you never know when you're going to need it because it's obviously football and people get injured all the time. So, I mean, I, 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 I get that. I, I take that same information, but really what I've been doing the last like week, week and a half has been just kind of I, I like to take a good look at all of the salary and just look at in my opinion in the beginning of the week what the ownership in my eyes will look like and then every day I go back and I kind of change just based on what I'm listening to what I'm hearing what other people are saying you know I, I like to listen to everyone and you know, it's, it's, it's great for me to hear what other people are thinking. That way I can kind of get a drift on what is going to be contrarian, what's going to be chalk. That's just how my process is. I don't just, you know, listen to myself. I listen to, you know, other people too. And it, it helps me kind of in the end build my lineups and figure out who the plays are. So, I mean, uh, that's what I, that's what I look to. And, you know, obviously that's going to change throughout the whole entire week. So my process goes through the entire week up to pretty much, you know, Saturday night, Sunday morning. So. Um, one thing that I've been doing, paying a lot of attention to this week is the difference in, in scoring just on DraftKings and FanDuel and how much that PPR, you know, the one point versus the half a point, makes such a huge difference and the different salary combinations that we have, because we hear so many, so much about plays, but you, you don't hear enough about plays tailored to each site. So obviously I'm looking at focusing on, on, you know, running backs that catch passes like everyone else on DraftKings, but um, like that, that just creates a lot of good situations. Also the bonuses make such a huge difference with quarter QB bonuses, all the, the rushing bonuses, the receiving yard bonuses. There's so many more ways to get, get extra points on DraftKings that there's just so many more options and plays. Do you guys 
you know, is that something that you're always kind of on top of both you guys? Yeah, I'm, I know I'm a foresight guy. So I'm always looking at different salaries, um, understanding, you know, the rules of each site is huge, right? Knowing where uh, DraftKings being uh, point per reception, same with Fancy Draft, and then uh, Yahoo and FanDuel are half points. So understanding that, that uh, understanding obviously touchdowns matter a little bit more on a FanDuel or a Yahoo. So, um, but yeah, there's, and, and just the way they're priced, right? I mean, a lot of times on Yahoo, you're going to be able to do a Stars and Scrubs lineup just because um, they always uh, they're more likely to misprice their guys. Um, and also the, the way their salaries are like the cheapest running back and wide receivers, $10 where the most expensive is $40. So, um, you know, the Forex difference there, uh, with salary allows you to do a lot of stars and scrubs type lineups. Yeah, that's a good point. I play a lot on Yahoo and, and I know you do as well. I, we've, we've battled it out uh, frequently. Um, yeah, there's, there's always more value there. And it just makes more sense to take advantage of that and to utilize the, the cheaper plays. And if you're, you're, if you're, if you're playing on that site, that's something that you should be always focused in, focused on. It just gives your lineup a, a higher floor and more upside too. So um, John, where, where do you mainly play? So I mainly play on DraftKings, um, do play FanDuel, just not as much as I play on DraftKings. And then I, I, I do play draft too, but um those DraftKings is my main preferred site. Do play a little FanDuel. Um, I don't know though. I might be playing a little more FanDuel this year with the flex position ad. I do love that. Um, hated playing the kicker. Um, just thought it was kind of a waste um, position. I love that they added the flex. I think it brings a whole new fun, you know, um, element to their site and, uh, I think it, the lineup construction is going to be kind of cool doing it on FanDuel. So I don't know. I might be playing, you know, a lot of FanDuel this year too. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, okay. Um, we've kind of touched on our, our, our process here. And I know we're going to going to evolve, um, you know, throughout the week here. But just from a big picture of, you know, where we are in this week right now, as of today, which is Thursday. The season just kicked off. I have it on in the background right now. I don't know if you guys do, but um, John actually was partying with Gronk uh, allegedly. So uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know if you're if you're uh, getting nuts. If he's true, in the background true anywhere. Story, true story. I don't have my Gronk jersey up in the back right now, as I you know usually have for the live streams on Sundays that I did with Chris. But you know, I I, I was I I did meet Gronk. Super nice guy. He is one of the biggest men I've ever seen and shook hands with in my life. Um, his hand pretty much engulfed my hand. It's unreal. The guy is a very nice guy, super cool to hang out with. Um, love him. Love him as a player. We'll get into him in a little bit, but it is a true story. I did hang out at um, with Gronk for a little bit. I'm sure all our listeners really want to hear how big his hands are. So, well, dude, <laughs> hey, is he in mid-season man. form? Can you give us like any like tidbit that we could use? It, does he look healthy? Yeah, dude, he looks. Well, yeah, now you want me to talk about how he looks too? Did he, no, on. just how did he tell you he's ready to go ape shit? Like that's what I want to know. Did he? T- dude, you know, dude, he looks primed and ready to go. I, I, as 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 good as anyone can look. 
before the all season. Right, that's all. That's all we need to hear. That's so. it. All right. Plug so, all right. So let's let's try to have some order to this show. So let's talk about some GPP strategies for the people. Something that they can implement after the show. Something that have been successful for either of you guys in the past, and that you think that will be successful going forward, or maybe something that you're going to start doing this season. But um, what are you, just give me an overview, like some strategies you like to influence on the GPP side. Cause I know all of us play cash too, right? Like you guys, I know killer beats sure. a big cash player. Um, John, do you play a lot of cash? I don't play a lot of cash. I, I play, I play a little cash, more, more tournaments, more GPPs. A lot of GPPs. Okay, good. So, um, and so just both of you guys, just give me your just overall strategies you're looking to implement, you know, whether it be, some crazy things that you want to take advantage of or the, the different types of contests that you like to enter, whether it be the, the three man, the single entry, or are you a mass entry guy? So let's start with you, Brett. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll just like look at mainly I look at uh, ownership percentages. I don't even try and do what John said, like where he's like, you know, specifically trying to get a feel for ownership. Um, I just, I mean, we got, we got one of the best guys in Jamino uh, that gives us a percentage. So, um, you know, I try and wait until Saturday, um, you know, Friday night before I even start making my tournament lineups because I want to get as much information in as possible. Um, but then once I look at ownership uh, levels, I want to just basically go off of that and, and uh, get leverage versus the field on certain guys. Um, on the single entry and three men, I really look towards the offense that are maybe a little bit more focused. Um, but again, I still look at, uh, I, I still look for leverage. So um, just looking at the Steelers, there's no Le'Veon Bell. So obviously we got uh, Connor, uh, Antonio Brown and Roethlisberger. I think those guys' ownership levels will be really high, but I haven't been hearing up too much on uh, a Juju uh, Smith-Schuster. So a guy like that, I want to be kind of high. I think he's also a big play guy. So um, I will be looking at that. I know um, there was a, a tweet out there basically saying uh, just how many more points uh, the uh, Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, wide receiver two uh, score uh, when Le'Veon Bell is out. Now, uh, obviously, the other side of that is Roethlisberger on the road, usually not as good. So um, another another spot that's going to be super popular, uh, New England Patriots, you know, they don't have Brandon Cooks. They don't have Danny Amendola. Uh, Julian Allen out for suspension. So this is another spot, single entry and three, man. I want to get some exposure um, on the Patriots for sure um, in different lineups. Um, but I'm, I'm okay, you know, going, going to guys that are going to be somewhat uh, low-owned. Um, I, I still think, like, the Patriots are obviously going to be popular, but a guy like Philip Dorsett stand, uh, stands out to me. Uh, going to be out there on two wide receiver sets. Cordell Patterson should only be out there on special teams. Um, well, he, he had a – you know, in preseason, he had a huge role. So, and, and this – he has a, you know, pedigree behind him is a kind of a athletic guy that, you know, you could see the potential there if the Patriots really did focus in and, you know, decided to, to utilize him in a much uh, higher capacity. I mean, there is pedigree there. So Yeah, this is going to be such a unique situation, how they do, uh, you know, just their rotations of guys. Like, you know, who's going to be playing their slot? Is it always going to be a running back, you know? So uh, very interested to see that. But I think – since there's so much unknown, uh, they make for a great tournament spot. 
Um, the Saints, the Saints are the highest implied also, uh, very highly focused with that offense. So I think Kamara is going to be, and Kamara and Michael Thomas are going to be highly owned. So I kind of just look to where I can focus on, uh, where the ball is going to go. Uh, and I, I put down the Steelers, Pats and Saints as like three spots that I obviously want to get, uh, lots of different ownership, but you know, in the single entry in the three man, I'll probably be a little bit chalkier, uh, but I'm okay with uh, steering away and getting leverage on like a Juju Smith, uh, you know, versus like a Antonio Brown. So, um, yeah, what do you what do you think, John? Yeah, so I mean, my strategy when I'm looking at, especially this week, anyways, um, is I think that you're looking at mid tier builds as being contrarian, just like mm-hmm. kind of across the board. And that's what I'm pretty much looking to do in a bunch of my GPP lineups. I think, you know, Stars and Scrubs is going to be, you know, the chalkier build, you know, whether it's paying up for, you know, Kamara and DJ or, you know, paying up for Antonio Brown, Keenan Allen, AJ Green and going chalkier with the running backs. You know, I think that you can find a lot of value. You said it right with Juju. I, I mean, He's a great example of someone who's going to come in at, you know, probably like 5% owned, maybe lower. I don't even know. But, like, he's a great play, especially if Lev Bell's not there. You know, you got other guys, too. Like, I know we talk about, like, the Pats receivers and stuff like that, and you were talking about uh, Patterson and Dorsett. Um, For me, in that situation, personally, I don't like to take either one because in my eyes, it's more of a guessing game. Where, like you said, I like to know where the ball is going to. I would be more apt to take a James White at less ownership than Rex Burkett, Gronk, obviously Hogan, those guys, but still a guy who I can see them motioning out into the slot. He can play some, you know, in the backfield. I think they'll do a lot of two running back sets, so I can see him in. And I think game script is going to put him in the game. Because last year, they did not have any success running the ball against Houston. And so it, it pretty much set them up to pass the ball most of that game. I'm, I'm pretty sure if I go back in my notes, that's what it was. And, and so this year, I think it's the same thing. I think Houston's defense, it's going to force the Patriots to put the ball up. So I love playing guys like White. You know, even Hogan at the mid-tier – I thought he was going to be super chalky. He might be less chalk now that the, you know, the cheaper running backs and all them are, are coming up. So I'll take him. I'll I'll take any of those guys in that mid range. But like for that game especially, White and Hogan would be my preferred like running back wide out combination. Yeah, I love. Love James White this week. Um, actually, I'm I'm even like crazy enough to consider him in cash. Um, I just love the. I think that we know what we're getting with this guy. He's got that trust rapport with Brady. He's the third down back, but there's room room for so much passing. Right? They, there's just no right. no receivers on this team, and it's going to be a dink and dunk, dink and dunk against this Houston secondary. Um, and I. I this game that has you know high total, a lot of points should be scored. Um, Brady likes to to go quick, a lot of short passes. I just think that at least on for PPR sites, there's there's there is a floor there with him, and there's there's a lot of upside. So um, yeah, I'm I'm interested in him for sure. I like Hogan too as well. The one thing I do know is that Bill Belichick is going to 
do things that we don't know. And so, yeah, it's tough with this, the whole running back situation and all the uncertainty, but it creates GPP, um, good spots for GPPs. So yeah, I'm on board there. Um, all right. So what kind of contests are you guys looking to play? this week so i mean there's 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 a whole this we this is the this is the time to strike right we've got a lot of supposedly a lot of fish in the pond a lot of new players um right and then also it's kind of interesting i want to hear your guys thoughts on you know these tournaments are just getting more top heavy and top heavy payouts than than usual so it's it's i mean what what where are you looking to focus the majority of your gpp entries yeah. So for me, like I, I mainly get into all the single entry and three mans. Um, but the big thing with week one is there'll be so much overlay um, that I will always have extra bullets in the chamber for sure. So I will probably create somewhere around 15 to 20 lineups on each site um, just so I have lineups to throw out there. Um, now, like, you know, I'll obviously have my cash game uh, team that I'll put into all my 50 fifties and heads up. Um, but then, you know, I'll have kind of a little bit of a chalkier tournament team that I'll probably end up putting in a single entry. Just, just guys that I feel most confident with, um, doesn't have to be high ownership guys, just guys that I feel like that are going to just outdo their projections, um, or outdo like the love, uh, across the industry. So, um, the three mans, I'll start taking a little bit of shots. And then the multi entries is like when I, uh, you know, when I will really, you know, grab different guys that are going to be low owned. So um, we already have kind of a run through of uh, projected ownership on lineup HQ. So it's, it's already good uh, for me to look at, like I can kind of bounce stuff off of Jamino's ownership and then, um, you know, see, see where he's at on certain guys. But um, normally I don't like to look at ownership until like I have all my research done. So, um, but yeah, uh, almost all the single entries, three mans, and then, uh, I'll get in multi-entries, uh, with extra bullets, usually on overlay. So what about you, John? Yeah. So, I mean, I love the three mans. Um, I do play a little higher stakes, so I do, I do get into, you know, some of like, you know, DraftKings Wildcat and, um, love the cues, especially week one, because, you know, it's just, it's just a, it's a fun week to, to play. Everyone's kind of guessing you're all in the same boat. It's just, it's just, it's fun for me. So honestly, those are the the type of GPPs I'm looking for three mans. And then I do do a little higher stakes. Um, don't do many of the single entries. I, I, I don't mind them. I just don't always get in them. Um, mainly stick to like three, three to six lineups. So that's probably why I stick to like the three mans and I, I put them in pretty much everything. Yeah, me personally, I'm looking to attack these three-man contests and the single-entry contests because I think there's a lot of cash lineups that are in these just by nature. I mean, most people, they, they, they take their, their cash lineup and then they enter it in these other contests as well. So I personally, I, I would prefer to have – yes, you can be a little bit chalkier for sure because of the nature of the three-max entry or the single-entry, but – I still want a GPP lineup in that. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's, there's just opportunity there, especially with the payouts are on, on these contests. So that's something that I'm looking to attack, but um, all right. So 
we've kind of talked about a little bit about process, a little bit about some GPP strategies, some other GPP strategies I just want your thoughts on. Like, do you guys do lineups like the onslaught lineup, the game stack, um, or are you more just looking for a single off the board play to kind of differentiate? Um, uh, JSU, John, give me your thoughts there on some of those. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I'll game stack. I, I love doing the quarterback wide receiver combos, but actually more last year, what I was getting into was QB running back, you know, either wide receiver or tight end combos on the same team, because for whatever reason, you know, obviously a lot of people are just used to throwing their running back in with their defense and um, it's a good, you know, correlation usually, and it works out well. But for me and the GPPs, just trying to be different, it was nice, you know, on DraftKings, you get a running back like a Chris Thompson, you know, like a Kenyon Drake, guys who, you know, do a lot of receiving, you know, those Rex Burkett, you know, James White, those are awesome guys to kind of pair with your quarterback. Um, so I was doing that a lot, and it was it was working out for me really well. So Alvin Kamara, another guy. So I think that kind of like can differentiate you from the crowd. If you're looking at, you know, GPP lineups and strategy, a lot of people stack their QB and their wide out or their running back and their defense, but they would don't really do a QB running back wide out slash tight end stack. So I think it's kind of cool that way. And then you can always bring it back. Um, you don't have to bring it back with another team. Like I, I disagree that like in all times when you stack, you need someone from the other side. Um, there are games where, you know, the saints could put up 40 points this week and Tampa could put up 10. That doesn't mean I need someone from Tampa. I, I want multiple people though, from the saints, because I think they're going to put up a lot of points. You know, I, I think people get scared away from these games where they could be blowouts. And it's like, yeah, I want my guy to play four, four, you know, quarters. But at the same time, if a team scores 40 points, you know, who cares if they get their 35 points in three quarters or not? Oh, you're on. Yeah, for sure, guys. Sorry, I was on mute there. Well, what about you, Brett? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, so for me, it's just like it's it's a slate-dependent thing of what I end up doing. So um, usually not a huge guy into onslaughting, uh, but I the main thing is when it is tournaments, I do like to correlate. So – uh, I try and make sure each lineup that I produce is highly correlated because, uh, you know, I just if, – if it were to um, – if a game were to go off, I, I mean, I, I would love to have that, like, all the bases covered. So um, sometimes, sometimes I feel very strongly about a certain game, so I will – I'll cover it in multiple ways with different lineups. But um, usually that's only, like, on, you know – weeks where I'm creating 15 to 20 lineups. So uh, this, this week, I don't, it's, there's not like multiple games that stick out. I mean, I know the Patriots and Texans are going to be uh, the most popular. They're like the highest implied uh, on the main slate. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a few other games that I'm looking to get maybe a little bit extra ownership uh, in comparison to the field. So. Uh, I've learned a lot by um, watching another show and I'm going to give a shout out to him. Manny Laura does a, does a great, great show on Twitch. And um, a lot of things that he was discussing are about, um, about, you know, it, this is, a, this is when all is said and done, this is a salary game, right? Like it's a point per dollar game that we're, we're trying to get the best of. So when we're using low price quarterbacks, right? 
we can we can get a lot of upside. Everyone says that you know, yeah, I can use a, a low. I want to focus in on low priced quarterbacks, and that's it's easy to see the upside there if they have a big game. But like when we want to use a high priced quarterback, right? We we're typically normally just pairing them with with one guy, but in order for our high priced quarterback to really give us GPP winning upside, we need him to go off, right? He's got to score more points because of the, the point, because the high salary and the, the, the point per dollar to get there. So it's going to make sense in that situation to, to lay, put more players around him because in order for him to go off, he's going to need the wide receiver three to at least go off with the wide receiver two or the, the tight end. And so those are, those are like, you can always make better lineups than you do. And you can ruin your lineups at the same time by, you know, putting in, taking that high priced quarterback and then taking his two high priced wide receivers too. Like, it's just so hard to get there from that standpoint. Like how much thought do you guys put into like strategies like that? Yeah. I just want to tag, like, uh, I know Esco, uh, Scott, I think it's Scott Hansen uh, created an article um, just this past week about slate defining performances. Um, and, you know, in that, like you can see like which positions really have slate defining uh, performances, uh, wide receiver really stuck out uh, tight end. Not too many uh, times was there um, a performance that you needed to have to win a tournament. So, it just shows you uh, the nature of the wide receiver, how much variability there is. So uh, just kind of want to point that out to uh, all the listeners uh, to go read yeah. that. Um, gives you gives you a good idea of how your lineup should uh, look. Yeah, I mean, and you're, you'll never – you're never going to find me for most like – like I'm not one to use like a naked quarterback. I'm, I'm usually pretty much always stacking, um, I, at least just with one wide receiver. Um, I think that's just really important, but uh, that comes down to personal preference. John, do you put much time into like kind of thinking about these things through game scripts and also like, you know, how, how we can get there with our overall lineup? Yeah. I mean, hundred percent. I think one thing that you do when you, you know, you start is like, you have to look kind of at game script and, in you know, how the, the end will look for your lineup. And I don't think you've, if you're not doing that, I, I don't think you're, you're really just plugging guys in and hoping for the best. Like, I think you got to kind of plan out like in scenarios, how it would work. Like I mm-hmm. said, how James white, there's a real possibility how he could play more snaps because Houston is really good against the run and, you know, they might have to throw the ball more. So he should be in the game more. Like you, you need to think about those type of things when you're building lineups. I think it's, something that is overlooked sometimes people don't really do it they don't put the time in so i i feel like you know you, you can get a nice edge in there if you you know put the time in and uh really go through that but like and also like taking that a step further like if you're going to use tom brady and you're going to throw in gronk wouldn't it make sense to like throw another patriot player in there because you're going to need a, a big performance out of tom brady absolutely Absolutely. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you on the fact that, um, and I think, you know, Manny hit it on the head, you know, if you're paying up at quarterback that much, which just forever enough, I don't normally pay up, you know, 77,000 or more for a QB, but if I were, 
you need to definitely have multiple people from that team. Like I said, whether it's a, a QB running back tight end, QB ru- running back wide receiver, whatever it is, but uh, absolutely. Cause you're banking on that guy putting up big numbers, you know, when it's a cheaper option, you know, at QB, you're paying 5k for a QB. It's a little easier to run him with just, you know, his number one wide out and, you know, hope he's the guy who catches a touchdown because he's locked in on him. So um, yeah, to go off of that too, like, I mean, you just really have to understand like what, uh, what the talent level is for each quarterback, right? Like a Tom Brady, for him to go off, he's going to have to throw uh, for four or five touchdowns. Um, that means usually multiple receivers. Uh, whereas a Cam Newton can definitely run uh, to win. You know, you don't need to pair a Cam, you know, with anybody. Uh, sometimes like his biggest games are uh, because of his legs. So um, it also goes the same way with running backs, understanding how they get most of their points. You know, like you have, you have just pass receiving running backs that are going to get a lot of their points via the catch. So uh, pairing them with a quarterback makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And so that, that, that's got me thinking about a couple of plays here that, that I've already, you know, that are popping up all over the place that are going to be popular this week. Um, and actually, I just want to go off on a tangent. One thing that's probably definitely – how many, how much do you guys hear about, you know, the, the defense running back stack, you know? And do yeah. you have so much weight into that? I mean, I kind of do just because of game flow, right? If the defense is really stuffing uh, – like, I mean, the perfect example this week would be the Ravens, right? You have a Bills uh, quarterback with Peterman uh, going to Baltimore – uh, looks like just a big lopsided uh, game here. Uh, you would think like it's just going to be a lot of carries, you know. So uh, especially with uh, Alex Collins, correct? Yeah. yeah. So um, that's a situation where I, I would be highly correlated uh, with that, just based upon script for sure. Yeah, and uh, one thing Manny was getting in, into on that topic was just that how that it's kind of overrated. He was thinking, and, and there are certain situations, and I think the Alex Collins. Baltimore is going to be popular and it is, and there's, there's a good reason behind it, but like we take it and we go overboard with it, right? Like so many, so often, and really like these defensive scores are all pretty random, right? Like it's, it's all like a a random turnover. And obviously this is a good spot for Baltimore because we saw what Peterman did in his first, first start last season. What do you throw five picks? Yeah. It's five all in the first half. Yeah. Uh, man, um anyway so yeah we get that but like it's still defense is just such a random random scoring and like that's you know we can differentiate all over the place because like you never know when when you're going to get that you know yeah and really like the outlier for a defense is when they score a touchdown to two touchdowns right so um i mean obviously going up against peterman where if if Buffalo is down by multiple scores, they're going to have to pass. So uh, that allows Baltimore to, you know, pass rush basically consistently uh, for turnovers. But uh, like on a site like DraftKings, they're, they're priced pretty uh, up there. Whereas like the Patriots are very cheap. So it makes for an interesting situation. uh, No doubt. Yeah. And that's something, another thing that that just reminded me of, I've been looking a lot into offensive lines. Um, Mm -hmm. That's been kind of more of my, research has started um you know who has the the best line um you know where are the the really weak lines because there's so much there right like so a, a team with a 
by a bad offensive line, obviously the run game's going to suffer. The quarterback's going to get pressured. He's going to suffer. The opposing defense is going to benefit. There's just like, that's kind of where it all starts for me. So that's something I, you guys, I've been doing. Do you guys ever look into that? Yeah, for sure. That's, yeah. yeah, that's part of my process, like doing O-line versus D-line matchups and then wide receiver versus cornerback matchups. Like that's, that's usually like a, a Wednesday, Thursday type uh, research for me. Yep. Um, all right. So that kind of brings us to some of the plays here. Let's talk about just where we're at. What are we thinking? Where, where are the, the best opportunities that you see? Do we want to swallow some of this chalk? Do we not? Um, just kind of a big picture. Let's start it off at QB. We know Tom Brady is right now projected to be the, the, the chalk, but like quarterback chalk and NFL chalk in general is never really that chalky as compared to what we're used to with like NBA. Um, at least, you know, sometimes there's just an NBA player. That's just a ridiculous value that you just have to use, you know, football, we've got plenty of options and we've got, we've got like tons of value that's already open up because of this, the week one pricing that was done so early. So where, where are we looking to take advantage of where uh, JSU, where are you looking right off the bat for this week? Where are you looking to take advantage of? Well, I mean, I think if we start out at the high price, you know, you see Tom Brady at 7,200, and it's obviously a great play. But I think if you go down a little, Drew Brees is just overlooked. And I don't know if it's because of game script, because of, you know, they're playing Tampa Bay, and Tampa Bay is not very good on defense. But they're going to get pummeled. And Drew Brees is going to, you know, I think he's going to throw for three touchdowns, four touchdowns, have a big game at – that's the only way they're going to score 35, 40 points. So, I mean, in my eyes, Drew Brees has to kind of have a big game to, to do that. So I, I like him a lot as a, you know, he's going to be lower owned and he's a really good play today too, uh, this week too. So, I mean, I think that's one place you can go. I, another place that I like, and it's super, you know, contrarian, it'd probably be 2% owned. I really like Ryan Tannehill and I'm just going to, the game itself for me is my sneaky game stack game. And I'll tell you why Tennessee, first of all, their offense is is getting better. Their offensive line is good. I think they're going to get up in this game. Miami's defense is terrible. They're, they're, they're literally just going to get ran through Derrick Henry or Deion Lewis, whoever is running the ball, they're going to run right through them. It's gonna it's gonna give Tannehill playing from behind. He's the check down. He loves to check the ball down. My man Kenyon Drake, awesome play today uh, this weekend. It, it it just sets up well for them and like Kenny Stills or Amendola. It's a super cheap, low owned stack. You know, besides maybe Kenny Stills, who will probably be I have love, some good ownership. I love Kenny Stills. I mean, you have to like yeah. him, Devontae yeah. Parker out. Um, no. I also kind of like Danny Amendola, just cool. being a Pats guy. I think, you know, there's going to be openings in the middle of the field. That's where you want to attack. He's quick. Um, I know uh, Silva was talking about him, too, in, um, in uh, one of the podcasts I was listening to. So that, that caught my attention for sure. Don't forget, he burned Logan Ryan, too, last year for about 122 yards and a touchdown or two. So um, that, that, that's something. Yeah, the one thing that I wanted to comment on, too, is the Saints situation. Uh, I don't think a lot of people realize, but Elvin Kamara and I guess Mike Gillisley, who they just signed, uh, maybe it was early this week, 
um, are the only two healthy running backs. So I, I totally agree. And actually Drew Brees is like one of the very first quarterbacks I had written down. I don't, they're, they're not going to be able to uh, give Kamara, uh, you know, a full work, work share. And, you know, Gillisley, I don't know how much they can trust him being there for less than a week. So um, possibly in the second half, they use Gillisley a little bit more, but I see a lot of that offense going through Breeze. Um, so yeah, I think I, I want to get a lot of air. Uh, and like, I don't mind doing a double stack here because uh, I feel that confident with the offense going through uh, Breeze. So even pairing up Breeze with Kamara and Michael Thomas going expensive like that, um, I'm, I'm a definitely a fan of that. So, And that kind of fits the mold of what we were talking about before because you're going to want, you know, well, A, you get the Alvin Kamara is a is not just an ordinary running back. Yes, he should get an increased workload with no Mark Ingram. And, you know, Gillisley is not going to get a big workload, as you, as you already mentioned. But the one thing he could do is potentially get the goal line stuff. But, like, are they really going to trust him right now, right off the bat? I don't know. Um, but I know how explosive Kamara is. And uh, he's a pass-catching back, and he's explosive, man. And so – I mean, you can just rack up PPR points with him, and if you get the the, the Drew Brees to Kamara, you know, pass, then uh, touchdown, then uh, you're you're jumping around. And uh, <laughs> obviously, I was going to say you're doing the big T pants off dance. But, um, <laughs> big T would to, like to hear that shout out. Yeah, I was trying to avoid that. Um, yeah, I think he's. I mean, it's, he's going to be chalky, Kamara uh, at least in general, but uh, Brees. Obviously, he's going to get ownership, but last four season openers, over 350 yards passing, almost two touchdowns. Um, no Ingram means more ball slinging in theory, right? Does have explosive play guys like Ted Ginn, you know, who could potentially get loose. So, yeah, um, the thing I worry about in this game is what the Saints defense is also much improved, or at least it's supposed to be. We'll see. Um and uh, I do worry about what is uh, what is Tampa going to score in this one. Yeah, that's that's my only concern is just how close of a game it's going to uh, be here. So um, I, I'd say like my sneaky uh, quarterback, uh, like I guess just combo uh, would be Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I know. Jimmy Garoppolo and Marquise Goodwin. So again, I did mention uh, at the top of the show that Xavier Rhodes uh, has been limited the last few days with a hamstring injury. Um, makes me think that they could utilize Goodwin's speed uh, to get in the back. Uh, you know, this is this is like usually the time of the year where you just take a chance versus, versus a defense that we know is pretty elite. Um, but Garoppolo passed some tests last year. Um, versus Jacksonville in, in a game where Jacksonville, you know, needed to win that game. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a spot where, you know, if I'm creating 15 to 20 lineups, I, I want to have uh, a low uh, low exposure of a, a good win to uh, – or I should say Garoppolo to good win. Uh, and then you can also bring it back. Uh, obviously, you got plenty of uh, – and both Viking wide receivers, I think, are going to be pretty low-owned in comparison because – a lot of people are going to be staying away from that mid-tier, uh, like John said. So you have Stefan Diggs at 6,300 on DraftKings, uh, feeling at 6,900. I'd rather go with uh, probably the cheaper uh, option there with Diggs, bringing it back. So I love Diggs. Uh, he's going to see a lot of Richard Sherman, who's just not – shouldn't be able to – 
to keep up with digs at this point. So um, I think that's a good spot. Obviously, this is another game that's projected to to be more of a defensive battle. At least, you know, Minnesota's stout D, at least it's allegedly supposed to. We'll see how this game plays out. But both teams do have the weapons, right, to like to to bust out here. I mean, we know that uh, Kirk Cousins is an upgrade at quarterback. Right, and we've got Diggs and Thielen. We've got um, Dalvin Cook. We'll see how much usage he gets, but they, they've they've just got a lot of playmakers. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, San Francisco. You know, Garoppolo certainly looked good last season in the last season. So they're going to have to keep up. I know it's a tough defense, but this game this game does have some sneaky potential, I think, too. So I agree with you there. Um, all right. What else are we thinking here? So let's talk, let's dive in quickly before we wrap it up and stuff like sure. um, running back plays. So, I mean, this is where we're going to see a lot of chalk and then we, we've got some chalky value too on the wide receiver position and we'll get into that. And we can also, you know, finish up whether we think that's good chalk or bad chalk, but like James Connors, how does he not smash at his price point? Right. Yeah. I'm going to have plenty of ownership uh, with Connor. Um, currently, Jamino has him at 25.4%. Uh, should be interesting to see where that goes. But all that does is lower the ownership of the New England Patriots guys. So like the Rex Burkheads, the James Whites, um, guys down at that price level like uh, Peyton Barber. Um, I feel like you can go up a little bit uh, to an Alex Collins. Like I said, like I just I don't know how he does not touch the ball 20 plus times here, and I, I feel like you're going to get him under single digit ownership. So um, John John was like right on on the head here, where I you know a lot of people are just going to go uh, stars and scrubs with these lineups. So if you can get in that five to six k range, um, finding guys right there, you're going to get a lot lower owned. So. One game um, I've been looking at, and I know it's probably not – a lot of people are talking about it, so it's it's not going to be sneaky at all. But the Bengals-Colts game, certainly – that's going to be the second most choppiest game yeah. in the whole series. But it's yep. for, for good reason, right? Like it, the Bengals – I know it's it's Andy Dalton, but he, he, this looks like the, the defense on the Colts is just so bad this year. They've just got in the – the wide res- like in their secondary, they just uh, they've got nobody. And then their linebacking core, I think that's something I read. Combined seven NFL game experience, yeah. so like Joe very Mixon. inexperienced, very yeah. Inexperienced. So like this is, just seems like a good. I don't know whether you can put any faith in these you know road splits for AJ Green, but like I'm definitely interested. Like AJ Green may be the top wide receiver play of the week. I mean, at least I'm thinking that. I mean, obviously, we know Antonio Brown's in a good spot, and then there's there's other guys out there for sure. But like this, with this secondary, you got to figure this is a great spot for them. Are you guys looking at this game to attack, or are you looking to fade? Yeah, yeah. and I I feel like you can be pretty focused on the Colts, right? Too, uh, they are most likely going to be without Marlon Mack, so you would expect most of the offense to come through the air. Um, my favorite play that I feel like I'm going to be uh, overly owned is going to be Jack Doyle. Um, just we've questioned Luck's arm strength. I just feel like there's going to be a lot of checkdowns to uh, Jack Doyle. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, you know, obviously running more of the deeper routes. 
so again, another spot where I feel pretty focused on where the ball's going to go. Um, just not confident in uh, Indy's run game. And for them to have a 25.3 implied, like it's, it definitely stands out. Well, I mean, and we can't be confident of what we're getting out of Andrew Luck either. Um, right. We don't know what that arm strength. I mean, we'd, you'd want to play a guy like T.Y., but, like, I don't know if there's going to – if T.Y. can be the volume receiver that we want him to be. I mean, he can. I just don't know how much upside is there. We need that big play from him, and I don't know if, if Luck's going to be slinging that long ball. Um, I do like uh, John Ross – I mean, this, this is a kid that we wanted to, to break out last year. Um, I think he set the record for 40-yard dash. Yep. Um, explosive speed, terrible secondary, like looking to like be a potential breakout guy this season. Um, not a lot of passing game options for, um, for the Bengals. Do you think, think that's a decent play, at least for 3,900 on DK? Yeah, I, I like Ross a lot. I, I think that it's a perfect play. I mean, you know, these cornerbacks are just bad for for uh, Indy. And John Ross is just – he's got ability, man. He's fast. I think it's like the perfect matchup to A.J. Green. He's going to, you know, take two defenders. If there's no one over the top, Ross is going to be able to kind of just run free right by someone and for a touchdown. I could see it easily having a 50-yard touchdown just – you know, for how bad the matchup is. It's a great pivot off of uh, Keelan Cole, who's at 3.8 yeah, so that, on DraftKings. We'll get into that in a minute, but that kind of screams like, I'm not sure what to make of that whole situation. I, do you, you guys remember Rashard Higgins week, the week yeah. one last, last year? Yep. Oh, yeah. This there's, is there's been a wide yeah. receiver each week that uh, week one that's been really popular that's laid an egg. I don't so. think Keelan – Cole actually was a – did some work last year in the past game. Like Higgins was just the ultimate dumbest play. Like in hindsight, like how like all of us or any of us who played him got, got onto him. is was just embarrassing. Devontae um, Adams like three years ago when Jordy Nelson got hurt in preseason was the chalk. And then he, he, he laid an egg. So yeah, it's, it's, it's been known that cheap wide receivers have laid eggs in week one. So. And he's, and he's got Bortles. It's not like Bortles is a big, big pass guy. Like, so it's like, what is right. the real upside there? Like, is yep. he really going to ruin you? Um, because we can get value at other spots, like that, that we can just, we can bank on and we can get more upside in other places. So I think that may be some, some chalk to consider fading, but I wanted to get it. Um, Jordan Wilkins. I'm kind of interested in if Marlon Mack uh, on the, uh, on the Colts, if Marlon Mack isn't going to see much action or because he's coming back from injury or if he sits, then Wilkins is like the guy at least with a three-down three, three down skill set that could be like a sleeper that nobody is really considering, I don't think. Yeah, like, I mean, I definitely passed him over. So it's one of those things where if I for sure get word that Marlon Mack's not going to be active, uh, there's there's plenty of other running backs that are highly questionable. Um, you know, Sony Michelle for the Patriots, if I know he's not going to play, that just makes my love for the Patriots running backs. We're just not going to – and we're not going to know. I mean, we might know on game day if he's, like, inactive. Um Inactives will come out like uh, I think three hours before game time. Yeah, so. but like, yeah. and even even so, like even if like he's at, we we have no idea what to expect there. I mean, that's Belichick. So right. One um, thing too with Jordan Wilkins, I'm or just with the indie situation at running back, um, I think is the fact that I think that they're going to be trailing a lot of this game. 
So I don't think it's going to be, you know, like a positive game flow for him where they're, or for the Colts where they're running the ball consistently and just, you know, eating up clock and handing them, you know, 20, 25 carries. I think they're going to be throwing the ball more. You know, I think Christian Michael on some pass downs might pass protect. Like he might play a little bit. You know, they still have but that I, I don't. I don't I think, think Michael as a pass as a pass catcher though. He just got concussed. Yeah. He got concussed too, so I don't even think he's going to be uh, available for week one. That's a good point. But that's why I kind of mentioned a three down skill set for Jordan Will. Like at least I think he's capable guy of to catch some of those passes. Obviously, is he going to play three downs though? Is, we don't is know. Christian Michael out? Uh, he was concussed, I believe, two days ago, and they they were assuming that he wasn't going to be able to go. So. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I thought he was in. Okay. I changed it a little bit. Um, but, yeah, those are some of the things to think about. So we're all trying to analyze these plays. We're trying to make better lineups here. Um, oh, and I know – sorry, did you mention your boy Jack Doyle? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah that's, that's a guy that I'm going to definitely be uh, overweight. Currently, Jamito has him at 18% um, uh, for a DraftKings uh, lineup. So – I feel like I'm going to be very strong with him because just all the pieces, I think, fit for Jack Doyle to have a big game here. Yeah, he should be a security blanket. You know, it's, it, it appears like Luck is going to need that security blanket. The short passes over the middle. Middle uh, of the field is like one of the weaknesses for a much improved, supposedly, Bengals defense. So um, I, I don't mind eating that chalk. Um and he may not even be – who knows how chalk he's going to be. We'll, we'll continue to monitor uh, ownership projections. But I, I like him. He did a monster game against them last year too as well. Um, yeah, so I, I like that. But, um, all right, let's talk about your – before let's end this, we've, we've rambled on for too long here. My promise, listeners, we're going to get better as the season goes on. We're going to have more clarity, and we're going we're gonna to start ripping, and we're, we're all going to be raking it in. So – um, you can follow along, but um, all right. What's like your favorite, just leave the listeners with like one tip or where you think like your favorite play is going to be end up and, you know, by a Sunday, at least what you're thinking right now, kind of sneaky somewhere, an opportunity to make some GPP cash with um, started with you, uh, JSU. Um, well, yeah, I, I think going in the mid range and, kind of find some good plays in the mid-range like you know Diggs and Juju and um you know the running backs like you know Alex Collins and Kenyon Drake um I think finding guys like that maybe even Joe Mixon those are guys who you know they they have the upside to give you 30 points like they've done it before they can do it they have the talent they just you know because of guys being lower priced and the way builds are going to be, they're going to be lower owned because of it. So, I mean, it's not that they're not as good. So I think from that standpoint, you look at it and you got to, you know, make a lineup and have some of these guys in it um, and, you know, just roll with it and fade some of that chalk, you know. Fade the chalk. Um, Killer B. Except for my man Gronk. So for for me, my plan my plan is just to really analyze the offenses uh, to see where, I mean, how focused uh, we can get with certain offenses. I think, I think the James Conner news uh, really takes a lot of the ownership away from some of the Patriot running backs. And I feel very confident that uh, a lot of these guys like uh, the <clears throat> James Whites are going to get 
such a high snap count that I'm going to, I'm going to want him in a uh, high percentage of my lineups. Um, like I said, the saints very, very highly focused with uh, their players. Um, Kamara being basically uh, Kamara and Gillisley being the only two running backs. I, I want to get good expo- exposure there. And then through the air, um, obviously with breeze. So I just, I, th- I think there's spots that you can kind of pivot from uh, based upon the, you know, Le'Veon Bell bomb that got dropped on us midweek one. So um, like I said, I think my favorite tournament play for the Steelers would be Juju Smith. So um, I, you know, a lot of people are going to buy Roethlisberger. I think his ownership is going to go really high. Antonio Brown's obviously going to be super high uh, being the top wide receiver uh, price wise and, you know, projection wise. Um, so I think, I think that, t- you know, you grab your leverage plays with like a Juju Smith and then, uh, the guys that you, you know, you feel really comfortable with, uh, with like a high snap count, um, like with the Patriots running backs, I just, I think, I think you, you go, uh, over, you know, over the ownership on those guys. So I'm very confident there. So nice. one, one of the guy, one of the guy I forgot to say who could be a leverage playoff of Connor would be Carlos Hyde. He's right around the same price as him on DK. The guy in preseason didn't get a ton of snaps, but he did awesome with the snaps he did get. He looked great. That offensive line looked really great. If you think Cleveland has a chance of keeping it close or winning the game even with no Lev Bell, I think he's a guy you should strongly consider as a, you know, a leverage play off of James Conner at the same price on DK. I think it's a great, great play. Yeah, that that offense should be exciting to watch. There's probably like David and and Joku. I think is that his name, first name? Yeah, Joku. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's a lot of big play guys there now, so it's going to be interesting. Um, I guess my one last piece of advice would be for the people would be to this is week one, crazy stuff happens, right? There's going to be chalk all week. Everybody is making chalk, right? Like we've already seen it come and go with Burkhead. He still may be it, but like. Find some plays outside of there that you really like and just embrace the variance because there's going to be chalky plays that shouldn't be chalky plays in week one with all this uncertainty. Try to get some leverage on it and capitalize and make some money and hit hit a GPP and take advantage of a lot of these dead lineups that are entering um, with people who really just don't know what they're doing. So I would say focus on lineup construction. Like make a good lineup. Make it make sense. Have every player in there. You see the path to like – taking down a GPP, you can see it. Because when you have that feeling, like, you know, when you guys make that lineup, when you just have that feeling and you're like, God damn, that's a good lineup, right? Like, no better feeling. It's like, and and those nights, I swear, are like the nights that I do my best. Like I've had, I've had, like, I've said, like, I know I'm going to win tonight. And then I like absolutely crush. And like, it's when you have those uncertain lineups is when it feels bad. But like, Get to that point. We've got all this time until Sunday. Get there. We're all going to get there to get that warm and fuzzy feeling, and then let's let's make some money. So it'll be fun to to hear what you guys ended up on uh, when we do this next week and uh, see how how it all turned out, and we'll uh, we'll keep going forward. So um, thanks a lot, listeners. Thanks for uh, tagging along here on this journey. It's going to be a fun NFL season. Uh, I am signing out now. This is the Roto Grinders Turning Takes podcast. And we'll catch you next week.